the only vaccined up, 5G enabled, magnetised fiction podcast on the internet. <laughs> Hashtag do your own research. Uh, <laughs> that's, this, that's the direction we're taking the podcast. Huh? Good right. thing we don't put this on YouTube. We would be deep platformed. Uh, and we this, would deserve it. <laughs> this is Story Lords, the audience-generated fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughs. I'm Rich Masters, and with me as always is Josh. Hey, what's up? It's Josh. And Jeff. Hey, it's me. The audience doesn't generate shit about this podcast. I wrote it. <laughs> Damn. They generate the prompts. Our patrons yeah. generate the prompts, which is one step better than the audience. So That's head true. on over to patreon.com slash storylords and become a true story squire today. Yeah, you're better than those other fans. <laughs> Agreed. Like, I mean, uh, did. Like not even like it's like like if you were dying if like a re- if you were like a regular fan and you were like dying in like a bus accident, I would save the Patreon people first. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even save the regular fans. Damn. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for that. Um, our prompts this week, uh, audience who we really do love, are well hogs <laughs> and riffs. <laughs> Hogs That's and disasters. Rifts. Hogs and princesses. And, princesses. <laughs> um, and this week, I'm going first, which I oh, I hate shit. going first. So oh, why? I, I love it. Yeah, I, I like going first. I like going last. Oh, you fucking! Of course you do. Fucking the, the encore over here. Fucking uh, <laughs> Look, taking all I the glory. Freddie Look, I, Mercury over here. <laughs> I'm going to steal. I do everything first. I uh, come, read my stories, yeah. come. come. I always finish last. Uh, I, I, I like to finish last because then I can take all your ideas, steal them, and put them in a museum. Like the true Brit I am. Uh, oh, my God. I see. For, their, for your safety. That's why I've been seeing all my artifacts I write about in your museums. They belong in a museum. So do you. <laughs> um, my story this week is called Putting the F This in Funeral. Yes, I know there's no this in funeral. It's a joke, you dumbasses. Uh, we're off to a wonderful <laughs> oh, Jesus. Start. Look, we have insulted our audience pretty thoroughly at this point, I think. Oh, don't worry. There's more to come. There's more where that came from. There's more <laughs> to come. Mm. Into with my dick. <laughs> A big, splashy word floats across the screen of your mind. Three letters telling you when this story is happening. They say, now. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) It's like I'm there. So I put that in because I was thinking how funny it is that um, the Russo brothers in all their films put, like, the now or the, like, in London, and it's in massive letters, like it's part of the sky, sky... line it's so weird yeah. to me they they started doing that like not to get way off but, but they started doing that like in like the early mid 2000s and it was mm. like what the fuck why are we doing like what is this yeah we're usually to assume that things are happening yeah. now unless yeah. you tell us differently yeah my favorite is like top gun and it says present day and you're like oh yeah <laughs> the, the 80s anymore cool mm. yeah. <clears throat> where is she 
Etiamere burst through the doors of the subterranean hideaway and threw her cloak to one side, onto what she thought was a coat rack, but it was actually Humey. <laughs> the robot looked at it against the metallic sheen of his body, then scoffed and discarded it. Hallgrim gave him a look. Pastel shades are more my thing. They bring out the natural <laughs> rosiness of my complexion, Humey said. Oh, Humey, as, my boy. <laughs> as the Norn shook his head. Isn't that just rust, mate? Hallgrim said under his breath. <laughs> Raph <laughs> Raf stood and intercepted General Amre, holding her by the arms, though she struggled against her. Raph shook Etty by the shoulders to get her attention. General, Asher is resting after her operation. She suffered a lot of internal bleeding, but we think she'll be okay. I meant Kellen. Etty Raph smiled. Etty smiled at Raph. Etty raffed at smile is what I was going to say. Etty smiled at Raph. <laughs> Raft pulled her close very British. and hugged her. <laughs> She's by her bedside. I tried to talk to her to explain. Raf hung her head, but she won't leave her sister. This must be hard for you, Etty smiled, but there was a bitterness to it. Things are accelerating, aren't they? More expeditious than Raf's primary prognostications, Oryx growled as he stood next to General Amre. Mm, Thesaurix over here. <laughs> We're converging on the terminus point at exponential speed, General. Uh, what level it means is that we're the most aerodynamic turd circle in the bowl, Hallgrim said. Nice. Turds are a human excretion that I also have. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, when can I buy a Humi? Humi offered be- before playing a compressed version of the more you know jingle. <laughs> Etty looked at Raph, a look of understanding passing between them so easily, like the gonorrhea your mother passes to any man with a pulse after one too many sherries at the bingo hall on another sad Saturday night. (laughs) Sherries! Jesus Christ. Oh man, she needs some cranberry juice, dude. (laughs) Get your people ready to move, then come join us, Etty said. I need a few minutes with my daughters. Two days later... We're jumping all over the place. I fucking saw that in my head. (laughs) The funeral procession marched around the moot and settled at Venus's vigil, a flat on the hills overlooking Alima's capital, where post-cataclysm, the early would-be leaders once fought to the death over trivial matters like who remembered the lyrics to the Golden Girls theme correctly, or what exactly a salty pirate was. What? What? A oh. salty pirate? I'm going to let our listeners and you look up what a salty look, pirate I, look, is. I know for what yourself. that is, but Josh doesn't. Yeah. So please. I, know what, I don't know what that is, but Jeff does. So could you explain it to me? <laughs> it is. No, I'm going to. I'm gonna, uh, right. Salty okay. pirate. I'm look it up. It's an urban right. dictionary. Okay. I'm assuming it has something to do with jizz. Yeah. <laughs> It sure does. <laughs> uh, <coughs> there it is. Found it. There we go. A ma- where a male ejaculates in the eye of. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. She squints her eye and, and kick. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. There one. you go. I heard that one. Back to the story. <laughs> now it was a place for ceremonial funerals where pyres were lit and ashes blew where they would. This was the future, but there wasn't any city ordinance around dead bits in the air. <laughs> a, a black-eyed and swollen-lipped Kellen mingled alongside her mother and brothers. Rin's hand clasped tightly in hers. 
He was being so brave, and had barely cried since their father had been stolen away from them in the bombing. Kellen, on the other hand, felt like fucking or fighting. Everything she knew, had dared to trust, was a lie. She looked around, not knowing who she could truly trust, who might be out to kill her or her family. Raph stood with the other pillars in a wide circle around the pyre that her father Corvus lay atop. The pillars had stood watch over him for two days and two nights, or as we would say, 48 hours. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> whilst the arrangements had been attended to. <laughs> it's just like, you know, in stories where they say, oh, it's, we're going to stand watch for two days and two nights. It's just 48 hours. Just say 48 hours. <laughs> I appreciate the clarification. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I couldn't have figured yeah. out that math myself, that complicated <laughs> mathematics. But does it have to be like exactly 48? <laughs> Could it be like 46? No. Right. <laughs> Raph stood right. front and centre, but where the exhausted others used their various ceremonial weapons of support, Raph stood tall, holding Doomcock a little off the floor, as if she had only been there for five minutes. The writ and the way stood either side of her, both breathing heavily. As soon as the ceremony was started, they would be able to rest and join the mourners. Like all religious pageantry, it was pointless and exhausting. Yeah. True. Kellen. Her mother said as she Marriages s- should be illegal. <laughs> Kellen, mother, her mother said as she sat next to her, noticing the dagger-laden look she was giving Raph. I just I just don't understand why, she started, but her mother cut her off. Because she loves you. It may not seem like it right now, but you have to treat Raph like one of the family. At Kellen's raised eyebrows, Etty Amre ex- exhaled an un- um- oh, for God's sake. Etty Amre exhaled an amused breath. There we go. Too many vowels. Damn. <clears throat> say that five times fast. I can't. Evidently, I can't say it one time you fast. You can say it one time slow. <laughs> I wore that face too at first. I didn't know what to think. But believe me, Kellen, whatever comes, whatever she says, Raph has always and will always keep you safe. Kellen let the conversation peter out and drifted amongst the guests until she felt Grawp, the disabled attendant of the Pillars of Alima, sidle up to her in the crowd walking with his knuckles dragging almost to the floor. He was treated as a piteous creature by most people, but she had always found him fascinating, looking beyond the disability and wondering what tales of the pillars he could share. His suspicious nature and hatred for Raph was legendary, and something Kellen almost shared right now. With a wizened finger, he beckoned Kellen slightly away from her siblings. Ew. A saddened heart we all possess. Corvus's loss is felt, I do confess. Oh, fucking, I forgot about... I love this. I love it. Two-pack shaker over here. Thank you, Kellen nodded and bent down. That's kind of you, Grawp. Grawp grabbed her and whispered into her ear. Milady is brave, but pay me mind. If looking for allies, ye better be blind. One by one, mm. they'll, pinch their, they'll pitch their wares. Little Rook will be wise to spot the snares. Mark my words, for day is done, House of Amre's fall will have begun. <clears throat> Kellen looked at Grawp in shock as he slunk back into the crowd, only to see the technarch of the Norn approaching. Now! <laughs> oh. The monitor beeping counted the seconds. Yeah, we're back to now. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I pissed a little. Oh, Jesus Christ. The mon- so big and bold in my brain. <laughs> the monitor beeping counted the seconds that Kellen had been sat staring at her sister. 
lying in bed somehow 15 years older than the little girl who had fallen into a rift the year before. Kellum was similarly, similarly in freefall, unable to get comfortable in the chair by Asher's bed. All she had wanted for the past 12 months was to get her little sister back. Now here she was, and the first thing Kellen had done was try to gut her. The appropriate thing to be to do oh, the appropriate thing to do would be to cry. She knew that. She wasn't normally too good at that on account of her being emotionally repressed, the sort who would recoil at a normal normal human sign of affection, too aware of her own feelings and therefore naturally suspicious. Wait a minute, this isn't my diary. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it, Rich? (laughs) It kind of is, yeah. Anyway, Kellen wasn't good with emotions. Instead, she stared at the dried blood on her clothes and tried to pick it off. So intent on it was she that she didn't notice her mother walk into the room until she had put her hand on Kellen's arm. Kellen, are you? She jumped into Etty's arms, burying her head into her jerkin and sobbing heavily. That was what she had needed, what she had wanted more than anything, a hug from someone who would share her pain. I didn't know. You have to believe me. I didn't know. Etty took her daughter's face in her hands and stared into her eyes. I know. How are you feeling? Wait. What what are you doing here? Kellen pushed her mother to arm's length and stared at her. How could you possibly have known? The door opened and Raph walked in as bold as a white man with an opinion on women's reproductive rights. Oh boy. (laughs) I asked her not to tell you. It wasn't the time. Kellen stood, walked to Raph and punched her in the jaw. It wasn't a particularly good punch. It didn't connect and Raph barely moved. In fact, it was more of a loose wafting, as if she were checking Raph's temperature with the back of her hand. But Kellen, <laughs> but Kellen felt better for it. And what, what the hell gives you the right to decide which information I can and can't have? You're like, you're a nomad with nothing and no one. Go find your own family to mess around with. Jesus. Damn, that's rough. Raph stayed stock still, not make, even making eye contact. Come with me, Rook. You and I need to talk. If you're capable of anything other than guttural monkey noises, that is. Jesus! This is a loving family. <laughs> this is Kellen. too real. It's like I'm talking to my family. <laughs> Kellen crossed her arms, knowing she was being petulant but not caring. Go tighten your helmet, you chrome-plated cretin. <laughs> <laughs> it was then that Etty burst into laughter at the sight of the pair of them, prompting them to look at her with narrowed gazes. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just I can't get over how funny you are both are together. Go with her, Kellen. Raph, it's time to teach her about the rifts. Mm, yes. Two oh, this days is later. So simple for you. <laughs> Shit. Oh, it's two days later. God damn. Forty-eight hours later. I'm having trouble keeping this timeline straight. <laughs> the Norn Technarch, a giant CRT television screen with a simulated picture of a face, approached. <laughs> Kellen from the front of the Norn delegation's quadrant of mourners. The Technarch represented every leader of the Norn Guard territories, preserved and digitised to form one, seemingly infallible machine. Being so far away from the homeworld without the proper technological securities meant that it had been easy for Kellen to send secure protocols to the monitor and change their functional aesthetics coding. So currently the Technarch was mourning one of their peers as a sad dog with emoji tears. This is straight out of Doom. <laughs> I think Paul Atreides did this one. 
their valets had tried to reboot the Technarch, but were worried about this copy of the program so far away from home, so simply left, simply left them like it. They wheeled over to her, and because they were on one of those TV stands they used to wheel out at school, the wheels were squeaky and threatened to fall off at any minute. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> you are the one they designate Amre, Kellen. On behalf of the Norn, I wish to extend a declaration of acknowledgement following the life cease of Amre, Corvus. <laughs> So heartfelt. The <laughs> life cease. Kellen was taken aback. She had never seen the Technarch offer anyone so seemingly some something so seemingly pointless as platitudes. She could feel the whole congregation watching them, judging her on her actions. Thank you, Technarch. My father always valued your counsel. As well he should. We are the reliquary of knowledge. The pre- produ- uh, the predictive understanding. The entire back catalogue of Detective Conan, One Piece, and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Truly what, wise. How many gigs does this guy have? <laughs> Which may seem like an odd flex, but those are large volumes of pre-cataclysm data. <laughs> the, te- the technarch sounded almost proud. Your father's energy will be converted and will serve as a basis for new life. Though he is gone, his energy will, quote, live on, unquote. Kellen smiled. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Technarch. That actually is quite comforting in a weird way. The Technarch paused for a second. You may wish to consider residing in Norn for a season to help you master those abilities recently acquired. It was like a slap around the face. They knew. Maybe all of them knew. She turned around to find every pair of eyes and Duke Monocles, the one-eyed ruler of Oculon, staring at her. <laughs> I feel like I'd get along well with that guy. <laughs> thank, thank you, Technarch. I'll, I'll, Kellen started, before others take a more unhealthy interest, the Technarch interrupted. The sad dog suddenly looked neutral now, as if the Technarch had somehow managed to get control of the code again, but not reverted back, just to let Kellen know they could have if they wanted to. It was a cold display of control that made Kellen feel small. He wheeled away on his squeaky wheels, leaving Kellen, <laughs> leaving Kellen to attempt to return to her family before being distracted by a clearing of the throat. She turned around to see a Velatean beckoning to her. Our um, queen demands your presence. Demands? Kellen raised an eyebrow. The attendant looked almost confused. Um, her, her word is law, Lady Kellen. It's just Kellen, she said as she strode over to the queen. The woman was the epitome of beauty. Her flawless, deep red skin matching her largely inappropriate red leather basque and long flowing cape. Uh, love her. (laughs) But it was more than beauty. Her flawlessness stretched to how she held herself, how she acted. She wasn't just sensually curvy. It was as if she was actively forcing the angles out of her pose. Everything was deliberate. Everything purposeful. To be honest, now I think about it, she kind of looked like the evil queen from Battletoads. Oh my god. Now I'm on board. Just, you know, red because she's an alien. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. Aliens are weird. How how original and exotic. (laughs) As Kellen approached, the queen refused to look at her, concerning herself with the whispers of a valet at her side. Um, If you wanted to say something to me, I'd make it quick. Dead father and all. Busy day. 
Callan's words certainly got the attention of the Queen, who stopped instantly and glared. Around her, all the attendants gasped in shock. Effectively putting their hands to their mouths, it was like watching the feigned affectations of a reality television show. (laughs) (laughs) Why, I never! (laughs) You are impertinent, aren't you, child? So they tell me, Callan said matter-of-fact. But at least I'm not wearing sex clothes to a funeral. Or are you Damn. moonlight? Or are you moonlighting at the strip club on your way back to Velit? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> this bitch is either gonna lose her shit, or they're gonna be best friends. <laughs> As the valets around Queen Promiscua glow grew paler. Well, that's right. just a leg on the nose. <laughs> the woman herself leant forward from the litter she was being carried in. You have dealt with my people before. Unfortunately, yes. The queen roared with laughter, throwing her head back and putting her hand to her chest. Surrounding her, the valets looked nothing short of relieved. Promiscua Promiscua leaned into Kellen, offering her a hand. I like you, Amre. You're fitting well at court on Velet, after I talk to your mother, that is. Kellen kept stony-faced, though she could feel her heart trying to escape and go on a road trip. Why, Why would I do that? Promiscua looked taken aback. Um, because you're a target, my dear. Heaven help you if the Norn, or worse, the Reap, get a hold of a Riftwalker. I wouldn't certainly let a unique weapon like that enter the hands of another party. The Queen's eyes narrowed. I would rather go to war. Mm. Now! (laughs) Oh, Jesus! We're back at now again? (laughs) Wait, I thought we were two days ahead of now. We are two days. I thought we were in now, now, but we're not. No, now we are. This isn't now. Then we weren't. <laughs> now is now. Yes. Now is after but, Ash has been stabbed. Two days later is the funeral. Yeah. So we're flashing back. Yeah. It's back and forth. Yeah. So we're well, not now. We're, we're in flash- the past. We're flashing forward, really. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're fi- yeah. We're flashing forward. So wait, but- we're not. We're not now. We're two days ago. Yeah. Now is yeah, now. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Now is not now, actually. Well, I mean, look, all time is a flat circle. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> After enduring a quiet and tense ride out into the deserts of Alima, the Gloombreaker touched down on the edge of a crater as dry and arid as Mitch McConnell's dementia-ridden smooth brain. <laughs> oh, man, I sure hope that guy dies. I don't. I hope he's... he lives for a long, long time, but is not in politics. I hope he's a prisoner in his own body mm. for a long time. I hope he dies soon. wouldn't be a merry American to me if I were polite like that, so fuck that guy. <laughs> they, I think it's worse to be trapped in your own body with dementia. Um, I hope I hope one day to experience that. <laughs> they stepped off the ship and towards the edge, overlooking the sloped sides that led to a smaller clearing 30 feet below. On the edge of the crater wall on the far side, a giant cave stood. Brought me home to meet your family, Raph, Kellen sneered. Raph gave her a look. Have you got something against people who live in caves? Kellen shrugged. Of course not. The Reap live wild. I spent a year teaching them to read basic, remember? You spent a year helping yourself feel better. There's a difference, Rook. Raph pulled the scope from her rifle callus and surveyed the cave. You're a privileged little punk who thinks they're somehow more deserving than others. Teaching the Reap. These people have forgotten more about life than you'll ever know. Kellen stood on tiptoes and pushed her chest out to look Raph in the eye. She poked at Raph's armour with a finger. How dare you? And I told you before, don't call me... You shouldn't call me Rook. Raph brought Callus around her and planted it in the sand behind Kellen's feet. 
You're right. Rook is a poor description. She pushed Kellen in the chest, and Kellen tripped over the rifle. Her sense of gravity was lost instantly, and she toppled, rolling like Fred Durst in a hamster wheel. This podcast is brought to you by the early 2000s. Get your trucker hats, Ugg boots, Healy shoes, and the Motorola Razor at the gift shop. (laughs) What what a magical golden era. Do you know what? I had about 17 things I could have put in that thing you could get from the gift shop. (laughs) Water snakes. Do you remember those? Those little things you could hold and they they were like balloons, uh, cylinders that had the water in. Yeah, Yeah, they were like like uh, pre-flashlights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Kellen pushed herself to her feet, spitting out the sand that she had inhaled on the way down the bank. She glared up at Raph standing there on the bank with Calla slung over her shoulders. It wasn't until Kellen was about to shout an obscenity at her when she realised Raph wasn't even looking at her, but at the cave. What's the matter, Raph? Worried that hole has seen more action than yours ever will, she shouted. (laughs) Oh, fuck! (laughs) Wouldn't be too difficult. I bet you're as hard and frigid down there as that armour of yours. Jesus. (laughs) Salt the earth. I'd whisper if I... Salty pirate earth. <laughs> I'd whisper if I were you, Raph muttered. What? Kellen began as she'd heard <laughs> ungodly snorts behind her. She turned slowly as a giant fang, fang hog, the biggest she'd ever seen, nearly Ding. as big as the gloombreaker, came out of the cave, yawning wildly. Raph put her gun down on the floor, crossed her legs and sat. Come on, Raph, this isn't funny, Kellen shouted, backing off until the sandbank was at her back. Raph threw a dagger down into the pit, then st- sat watching her. This this isn't funny, Kellen shouted as the hog shook its head, revealing the spears sticking out of its neck. The fang hog frothed at the mouth, one of its eyes red with blood. It was clearly rabid. Not meant to be, Raph said. You need a place to direct all this anger. Target is sure big enough. Kellen watched as the fang horn... Fang Hog locked eyes with her and lowered its head as it was about to charge. How the, how the fuck am I supposed to fight this thing? Raph took off her helm and tied her auburn hair into a ponytail to stop it catching the intense wind. Because I did, she whispered. Two days later, or maybe what the now. Fuck happened? God, I, I don't know where we are anymore. <laughs> Kellen was in a daze, leaving Queen Promiscua and returning to the Aleman quarter of the mourners to find Minister and Lady Greywood waiting for her. She was so pleased to see a friendly face from the unions, and she ran to Aunt Umbra, wrapping her arms around her. Well done for doing the rounds, Umbra said with a smile. I don't know if I could do that given the circumstances. Kellen sighed, and Umbra squeezed her a little tighter. Oh, kiddo. Rough day, huh? Jiren ruffled her hair as he did when she was young. Like you wouldn't believe, Kellen nodded. It was so refreshing to be amongst family, people who didn't see her as some sort of tool to be used. She stared over at her mother, who looked at her with concern. Kellen nodded to reassure her that she was okay. Jiren put his arm around Kellen's shoulders and walked her back to her family. It's uh, tumultuous time, Kellen. Your father's passing will damage the stability of the entire region. Some already have their talons out, ready to pounce. The Union and Alima need to strengthen their bonds to pre- present a united front. What do you mean? Kellen felt her stump, some, ugh, stomach sink to her feet. Your aunt and I think you should come to New Earth. To rest, get out of the public eye. We might even be able to help you with whatever it is that you're suffering with at the moment. 
Jiren smiled the same smile he always had, toothy and wide, but now it seemed predatory, as if it might swallow mm-hmm. her up if she dared say no. A gong sounded to save her from answering and to tell the mourners it was time. Minister and Lady Greywood took their seats in the quadrant of chairs representing the Union of Planets, and Umbra Greywood blew a kiss to Kellen. Kellen smiled as naturally as she could, unable to muster the strength for anything but a low hatred. The pyre was lit, and Rin, Targus and her mother cried beside her as her father was committed to his ancestors. But Kellen had no tears, she just wished her dad was here. One by one, the pillars of Alima walked and stood before Eti Amre to offer up their ceremonial weapons for allowing a member of the ruling family to die under their watch. The word offered her thin, gilded rapier. The watch offered his staff of Esculapius. That's the way you say that, isn't it? What? You know the you know the thing, the, the branch with the snake around it? Esculapius? Oh, the medical the, symbol. The medical symbol. Yeah, what is it called? Uh, Esculapius? I think it is that. I've I've spelled it, but I haven't written it phonetically, which makes it very hard to read. Esculapius. hospital (laughs) thing. Uh, Caduceus. Caduceus. Oh, right, okay. Caduceus. I I was like, that doesn't sound right, but I'm too dumb to know the real answer, so I'm going to (laughs) wait. There's two symbols, and I can't remember if they're called different things. Right, anyway, never mind. Carved from a tree of the Crystal Glen. (laughs) The writ offered the kunai, which was shaped like small quills, and the ward, the pillar in charge of education, offered the weapon he took into classrooms every day, a a large cattle prod. (laughs) One by one. Damn! (laughs) He's a teacher. One Catholic school? <laughs> one by one, each of them were turned away by Etty until Raph stood before her, offering Doomcock. Before she offered it, Etty <laughs> pulled her chin up and took her head in her hands. You have done your duty, Pillar. Take your places beside us, Etty announced, as all of them who could attend hobbled to their seats. You were right. Thank you, Raph, Kellen whispered as Raph passed. The Pillar momentarily stopped, her head low, then she took her seat behind Kellen. The rest of the ceremony passed without a hitch. Targus offered to give the eulogy, but their mother refused, saying it was time for strength and not diplomacy. Kellen remembered little of the speech, other than it was less about Corvus and more about the dynasty of the family and the security of the Eleman p- political structure. With how the wolves were circling at the gates, it was the right call. Suddenly, Raph put a hand to her shoulder and squeezed. It will be all right, Rook. Kellen squeezed her hand back, weird though it was now to receive the comfort from her. If anyone knew how she was feeling right now, it was Raph. The Fang Hog charged. Thankfully, st- are we in now? We're now. We're now. We're now. The Fang. Okay, now. Yes, I, I missed. I, I didn't one. know without giant letters. <laughs> now. The Fang Hog charged. Thankfully, still half asleep as it did, and Kellen was able to jump out of the way as the beast dashed its face into the sand. She'd sidled away to the far side of the crater, and Kellen picked up a rock and looked at Raph. What the hell kind of training is this? How to die? Help me, you maniac! No, <laughs> called Raph. I learned how to control my powers much the same way. You will too. As the beast charged again, blowing up bubbles of spit and aiming its tusk at Kellen, she hot lobbed the rock straight at the creature's face. It struck the red eye of the mad pig, causing it to howl in pain and veer off, collapsing into the sand. Nice job. If you had a rockery to hand, you might be able to kill it in 30 years or so. Raph stared stared intently, not phased in the slightest. The fang hog raised up, 
its head surrounding by, surrounded by a cloud of dust. It roared and the very air shook around Kellen. She held out her hand as she had when Asher had been running from her, and the air crackled between her and the hog, and as it ran towards her it turned slightly away from her at the sight of the attempted rift. As it bore down on Kellen, it grazed her, flinging its head to one side and throwing Kellen across the crater where she landed on her hands and knees. This isn't like riding a bike, Raph. The fang hog doesn't have training wheels you can just rip off. Raph stood, raised the rifle and shot, but not at the hog. The bullet struck the sand in front of Kellen, sending a cloud of it up in her face. Like the woman who taught me, said, shut your mouth and do it. You failed, Asher. You failed your father. Don't fail me too. If you do... Fucking bitchy Yoda, dude. If you do, maybe you'd be better off dead. Kellen screamed in fury, sick of wrath and her fucking pompous self-righteousness, sitting up on the bank and judging her. She directed all her rage at her mother for her strictness, at her father for dying, at Asher for being gone so long, at herself for being an evergreen fuck-up of the highest proportions. (laughs) Directly at the fanghog coming to skewer her, a taste of acidity rippled on the air as the air burned and the rift opened between them. From the other side, she could hear music the most beautiful thing she had ever heard. Popper been smooth since days of underroos. Never lose, never choose to, <laughs> bruise, cruise who. She stepped forward. Oh, God. <laughs> she stepped forward. She could see the people on a street corner dancing, spinning off shoulders and heads in the most amazing ways, laughing, drinking. She wanted to walk through to be free of all this. The fanghog turned suddenly around the rift and swiped at Kellen, taking a gouge of flesh out of her arm with its broken tusk. Kellen screamed and fell away to the floor, cradling an arm that was spitting blood all over the floor. She had never felt pain like it, a burning that made her sick to her stomach and threatening to force her to pass out. The beast stood over her, stalking her, stepping adjacent to the rift, but Kellen couldn't push away. Yo man, what's that pig looking thing? A voice came from the other side of the rift. (laughs) <laughs> Super good American accent. Yeah, that was perfect. I was like, am I in New York? <laughs> Raph stood and with what looked like a force that pained her, pulled the rift into the Fanghorn's fa- Fanghog's face. She then closed her hands into fists, forcing the rift closed. It severed the beast at the neck, leaving a severed head in 1997 Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's not even the weirdest thing that happened there. That's why nobody heard of it. (laughs) Scientists would later cover up the incident and use the DNA to birth the abomination that is Jake Paul. (laughs) He was born in 1997. I looked it up. Holy shit. Kellen, somebody doing research on story lords? What the fuck? What the fuck? Kellen passed out as Raph slid down the bank towards her. She woke later, bruised and bloodied, her arm tightly bandaged. Her head pounded like your average Brit the day after a Christmas office party or a christening or like a Tuesday. She, <laughs> she looked at Raph, the campfire she had set to keep them warm reflecting off of her chrome helm. It's dead. She answered a question before Kellen could ask it. Anticipating it. You did good. Good? Kellen sat up and wished she hadn't, her brain trying to blow itself out the back of her skull. You tried to kill me, you deranged lunatic. I did what I had to do. Rafe, pu- Rafe, Ray, ah, Raph poked at the fire with a stick. Kellen could tell she was mad. She had the same tales that she did. Avoidant gaze, tensing up, sulking like a fucking little bitch. 
You need to learn. This is pointed at somebody here. You need to learn, and learn quickly. Things are happening you couldn't fathom. Kellen threw a nearby stone and it bounced off Ralph's, Raph's helm. I don't know because you won't talk to me. You had knowledge of threats on my family and you didn't tell me. Asher was back and you didn't tell me. You have lied to me for a year, probably my whole life. Kellen was crying. She doesn't even know the half. (laughs) Kellen was crying. Yep. Kellen was crying now, tears streaming down her face, though she tried to will them not to. She was angry and didn't want Raph to just dismiss it as just emotionalness. Emotionalness? That's not a word. Emotion. Who the hell are you to dictate the course of my life like this? Why do you hate me so much? Raph pulled the cloak she was using to warm herself and dropped it alongside them, then reached up to her helm. As she took it off, Kellen noticed the scarring on her forearm. It was a deep gash. She stared at her own bandages. I don't Mm -hmm. hate you. Kellen looked up to see the auburn hair and freckled nose of her own adult face. I am you, Rook. The... (laughs) End. I what? I knew it. I knew it. It's, is 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 she liter- literal or is it metaphorical? No, I think it's literal, <laughs> it's baby. It's literal. What the riffs are time travel, baby? As soon as I learned that, I knew what was God. up. There've been big clues throughout the uh, first I didn't five episodes. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> So I figured it out this episode. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad about Rich hoodwinking me. I'm usually very good at this. If I can fool uh, you both, I know I'm doing a good job. Like I'm here with the Rich Masters was right campaign, <laughs> and uh, I looked it up. The Asclepius rod is the one with the serpent entwined, traditionally the symbol Hey-o! of scientific medicine. In a misconception that's lasted 500 years, the caduceus of Hermes, entwined by two serpents and two wings, is actually the symbol of medicine. Well, or it's actually the symbol of commerce. Sorry, it's uh, the symbol why, of commerce. It's been 500 years. Why stop now? Let's just keep this going. <laughs> yeah. So we were the dumb dumbs, technically. Oh, I Although think 500 like, years are on are on our yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. now, technically, 500 years, it's probably more likely to be the caduceus thing. Yeah. I. I mean, I don't know. I. I. I don't like. That Rich is good at this. <laughs> uh, okay. Like, so, I don't know. So the, he, like, when he, yeah. When the rift was, like, time based, mm-hmm. and then, uh, like, my brain worked in reverse, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like my master said, I went through the same training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was just, uh, my powers. This is how right. I learned about my powers. And I was like, what powers? Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. Yeah. 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 It's the, it was the whole plotting thing that threw me. Because mm-hmm. you, you really, you're like, why, like, why would you do that to yourself? Right? Like, that was very is very well done. Thanks. Very that good. was genius, man. Thanks. What a yeah. fucking what yeah. a fucking great episode so far. Hopefully we don't fuck it. Well, um, next yeah, up, we'll be gonna, all right. It's, we'll it's be, be all right. We're always okay. We're always okay. That's such that, a British statement. <laughs> I meant by okay, I meant that we're always great. But my brain, well, but, British brain, doesn't allow me to say great. It only says <laughs> okay. 
That's our guarantee. As the V2 rockets hit churches around us. We're okay. We're okay. That's our guarantee on this show. We'll always be decent. <laughs> pip, pip, and all that. Things are fine here. <laughs> could be worse. It could be worse. There could be no tea. Kill my own father and train myself. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I knew Kellen was fucked up, but come on now. Yeah, she killed her own dad. But why? I'm jealous of her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm full in on this. Uh, Hell yeah, let's go. uh, This is so fun. Like tackling time travel on top of creating an entire science fiction universe from scratch is psychotic. fucking wild, Rich Masters. It's psychotic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you said suck a tit, and I was like, <laughs> all right. It's also suck a tit. Is that what we're doing today? All right. Apparently fucking, so. Okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> um, thank you. I really enjoyed writing that. Um, I, I wrote that today. I... I it was a complete. Yeah. I've had a, a hell week, and uh, well, a hell two weeks, and um, I had to write that all today. So I was, I'm g- glad that it came out in some That's sort insane. of intelligible mess. That's sometimes ins- the the hardship makes it better. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the, pr- on, on the, the pressure of the s- the exam the next yeah. day. Yeah, on the other side of the pond, on the other side of the spectrum here, uh, I had a little bit of a tummy ache on Sunday, so I just didn't write that day. <laughs> Yeah, but that's bad enough to stop you writing. That's what it is. I'll play Mario instead. Uh, well, I got my vaccines and I was uh, writhing in agony for two days. Yeah, Josh was slightly delirious um, to the point where Jeff and I had a discussion about is he okay? <laughs> yeah, how do we check on we this man? About. Yeah. <laughs> Call my mom. <laughs> uh, Can Josh come out to Josh's play? <laughs> Hey, jo- hey Josh's okay? mom, this is his internet friend Jeff. Is he okay? <laughs> uh, he, I left my Pokemon cards in his room. Could you be? Could you get them? I made you in your delirium promise to send me all your toys if you died. Ah, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Shit! It's legally it's, binding. It's written down oh, in a WhatsApp damn. chat. Rich got that. Got to it before me. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Well, you're closer, so you could just like That's come true. here and it's true. Them. The time it would take me to get there, they're definitely have to, yeah. pilfered. I just have to make sure not to touch Josh's dead corpse and get my fingerprints on it, and I'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, and also it's like fucking Goonies, one-eyed Willie booby trapped as fuck up here. So yeah, good luck. Of course also, it is. Don't don't open his bedside table because that's where the Hendersons keep their dildos and their g-strings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I promised Jeff he could have those too. Only slightly used. Maybe that's the only thing I'm after. True. I did say his. T- <laughs> Oh, no. Perhaps we're after the wrong sort of <laughs> yeah. toys. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna adult. <laughs> we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back in a little while. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs>
two of episode 31. We're here. We're ready. It's Josh's turn. You just repeated what I just said. Did I? I didn't hear because my headphones weren't on. Yeah, no one will have that knowledge, though. Because you're going to have to... Now they will. I'll know. (laughs) Now they will. I will know. Uh, I think you're lying. (laughs) Fucking... You're just you're just an inspiration to us all, Josh. Now read your fucking story. Okay. My story this week, I deleted the title, but then I came up with another one. He did. He deleted it about five seconds before we started. I wonder what else I deleted. I guess we'll find out. Uh, this story is called The Mystery of the Penile Plague. Instantly better than whatever yeah, you had. It's better before. than whatever you had before. <laughs> The, fl- the fireflies lit their butts up, creating a sea of butt light for Ugla, Squib, and Buffcat, and Demi to wade through as the sun set over Deranos. They were no nearer to their destination. The gleaming turd on the hill, the big crab apple, the city of butthurtly love, the windy shitty itself, Grawl. <laughs> As they walked, Squib began to sing a goblin shanty. And I swear by the moon and the stars in the sky, I'll eat hair. And I swear I like to eat hair from the drink. If that's from there, for better or worse, I'll eat from your part. I prefer blondes because brunettes make me fart. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, a tiny door swung open from an oak tree above them. Hey! Hey, you! (laughs) A small merc monk wearing an old-timey nightcap, sipping an acorn mug filled with hot, steaming nut juice. My... (laughs) Said... I think there's a word there. (laughs) My son is trying to secretly get to second base in his room with his girlfriend. I will not have his first grasp of tit be to the dulcet tones of early to mid 6990s middle school dance grab ass R&B. <laughs> he grabs teat at a, at least a sophomore level. <laughs> Squib continued to sing as they walked into the uh, glittery dark, having no idea that that Merc Monk was even talking. Yeah, you better run, the Merc Monk said as he slammed the door, drew the blinds, and then opened up one blind and squinted out, taking a long slurp from his nut juice. (laughs) I love the Merc Monks. (laughs) He's back. He's been away for a while. So tired, Demi said as she struggled to pick up her feet. She drug them along the dirt of the path as she groaned and whined like all 11-teen-year-olds do about a hard day's yeah. work or, Oh my God, have I become my father? <laughs> Hello, yes, gun store? One gun with one bullet, please. Door dash into my PayPal. <laughs> we, ha- we have to keep going even though the night... All right, I'll read that over again. We have to keep going even through the night if we're going to make it to Grawl within the next fortnight, Ugla said, looking back at the weary teen, why don't you and Squib play a road game? What the H-E double toothpicks is a game? <laughs> Demi questioned, turning up her nose. Uh, it's a thing you do for fun, Ugla said matter-of-factly. Oh, like 
when we have to run away from the Atama guards before they flay our face <laughs> off for taking the last slice of cardboard for dinner because it used to have pizza on it and maybe the flavor of petrified cheese and sauce can still be tasted on the ancient trash food? Demi perked up. Yeah, it, no, wait, what? Damn, kid, you need maybe... Get, we need to maybe get you some therapy. Ugly <laughs> said, actually worried because that is fucked up. No, uh, okay, let's play I Spy. You start with a letter of the alphabet, and then one of you starts saying, by saying, I spy the thing that starts with an A. And then you say, Apple. Squib interjected, jumping up and down, holding his hand <laughs> up for a treat. Ugla passed him a single peanut. Good job, Squib. <laughs> she said, patting him on the head. <laughs> okay, now you go, Demi. Demi sighed, a teenagerly sigh, and looked around in the woods in the dark and tried to find something to spy. I spy something that starts with a W, she sighed out. Mew, Buffcat said. Yes, good job, BC. Wood. It was wood, Demi said, patting <laughs> him on the head. Mew, 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 Buffcat went next. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the bushes around them began to rustle in the darkness as all the animals in the forest went silent. Oh hell no, I'm out, the Merc Monk said from behind his blinds as he closed them up <laughs> again and went to bed. The wind picked up through the leaves as an unease settled onto the forest floor like a weighted blanket settles your farts into your bed at night. <laughs> That's true. A spooky voice said from the bushes. Mew! Buffcat replied, clearly still thinking they were playing the game and shaking his head in the negative. Ugla held up a fist tactically and the whole group stopped in their tracks. Demi instinctively ducked down and grabbed the hilt of her flame sword, Cynthia. She scanned her surroundings only to hear her own heartbeat in her ears. Buffcat knelt down and wiggled his butt ready to pounce, and his ears darted around his head, scanning for the sound's origin. Just as Buffcat was readying his fla tail flail, a corpuscled, desiccated, rot-infested figure lurched from uh, their left out of the tree line. Lurched from their left out of the tree line. There's words. A motherfucking zombie! <laughs> as, he jumped, as he jumped into Ugla's arms, Buffcat was already in mid-leap when he began to triple Lindy spin around like a figure skater, his tail flail chain rattling in the night as it spun faster and faster. As he spun over the zombie, the chain wrapped itself around its neck and clasped on tight. Buffcat then perfectly superhero landed, looked up right past the camera as the zombie's head <laughs> flew off behind them, slightly out of focus. The, as the camera focused past Buffcat, blood and ichor shot from the neck of the hole of the now decapitated zombie. Ah, fuck me! Ah, goddammit! The zombie shouted as his head rolled back into the tree line. Lil, Lil, help over here, you crazy adventuring kids! It said politely. <laughs> Ugla used her staff to move away some shrubbery, and there in a pool of its own black bile-filled blood lay the head of a man who had recently become zombified. Hi, yes, me down here, he said, <laughs> using his eyes to point at himself somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking for you ever since you left that other town where the paladins were doing something I forget. It was like three episodes ago. <laughs> Princesses and disasters, I think. I don't remember. <laughs> Get on with it, zombie scum, Demi said, looking up ar around for approval. Well, now, my stars, young lady, that is no way to speak to your el elders, the zombie man scolded Demi. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mr. Zombie Man, I just thought you were, like, 
going to eat our brains or turn us into chairs or something crazy. I don't know. I'm not from around here. I don't know. Demi Trill. <laughs> no, why would I want to eat? Whatever. Anyway, Ugla. Didn't Ugla question the chair Ugla. thing. He questioned the eating thing, but he didn't question the chair thing. Because <laughs> Baffles turned yeah. into chairs. Everybody knows I know. That. I know. Everybody knows that. That. <laughs> this guy, what is he doing? <laughs> Uh, Ugla, wizard of the realm, my town needs you, the zombie's head went on. No, Ugla said emphatically. No, 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 just no. Buffkett and Squib both turned to her in disbelief. No, we can't stop and help every town, village, Dale, Hamlet, and Harry we pass. We'll never make it to Grawl at this rate, and we need to get to the city. But your wizardness, the head went on. A great plague has ravaged my village. First, it starts out as an incurable fever, and then quickly come the pustules of blood and mucus. Then, as if stricken by some lustly demon, one has the uncontrollable urge to fornicate until one's peener either explodes or falls off from all the friction. After bleeding to death from peener loss, you arise within twelve hours as a zombie. Please, Mom, will you help us? A single tear rolled down the zombie man's face. Come on, Ugla, Squib said, still holding farm boy's dog tags close to his heart. <laughs> we should help when we can, shouldn't we? Ew, Buff Cat agreed. Ugh, Ugla sighed. <laughs> Fine, but I swear to God, if this is the last fucking zombie plague or paladin cabal, fucking emergency, prom booze run for the kids at a druid school or whatever other dumb shit thing is going on in this stupid reality, we're not the fucking 18 for fuck's sakes. Getting some fucking Kayla Hunter vibes in this episode for some reason. <laughs> She's sick of this shit, man. Who isn't, you know? <laughs> oh, thank you, Mrs. The Head said. Now, if one of you would kindly destroy my brain case so that I don't have to exist as just a head, that would be wonderful. Aww. Mew, mew, mew. Buff Get said, swinging his tail around and caving the zombie guy's head in. Oh. Ha! Nope. Did it work? <laughs> Best to try it again, there, chap. The head said, muffled by the face flaps being caved into his mouth. But it was too late. The party had already began oh, moving on. No, oh. no. Uh, hello! <laughs> he shouted. Oh my god! Ugla complained the entire way. I swear, if this show wasn't twenty-six episodes long and we had to deal with, if we had to deal with Prime or something, we'd be in crawl by now. <laughs> <laughs> her, her voice trailing off as they reached further and further into the woods. Great, the head said. Now we'll have to turn into a talking skull, and we all know how those freeloaders are like. Always breathing up our air with their no lungs, and those no lung having white bone rattling in the night ass, dancing in graveyards, dancing calcium heads. Yup, that's right. Zombie village head guy was a racist. Bet you thought he was nice because he used nice words and even scolded little Demi about her rudeness. Just goes to show you, never trust a talking zombified head in the woods. You never know when one will be a racist and make you look like an idiot. <laughs> I, I've learned a very important lesson today. <laughs> also, I don't feel bad about him living a horrible life forever as a, as yeah. a crushed skull anymore. Yeah, I rescind my R's. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a rubber band. I'm just whipping you around here, emotionally. <laughs> By morning, the group had reached the village. They were exhausted. 
Demi was only walking with the help of Buffcat, who was doing big kitty yawns like every five steps. <laughs> Ugla planted her staff into the ground and looked around at seemingly at seemingly an empty town. Usually this early, as the sun's was was coming up. <laughs> Flawless, flawless. As, as the suns were coming up, towns had their farmers out selling food, and the morning shift prostitutes were powdering their bee holes. <laughs> Freshen it up. Yep, gotta get ready. Nothing better than a freshly powdered bee hole. Yeah, nice dry bee hole for the pounding. Mm. Oi! <laughs> Who's in charge around here? Ugly shouted out in no direction in particular. Yes, yes, sorry, missus, sorry, I'm here. A small gnome scurried out of his hut toward the adventurers. I am town crier and acting mayor Thimble's Alabaster, he said with a bow. (laughs) Ugla stared down at him, resisting the urge to roll her eyes. Yes, well, Thimble's went on. As you can see, we are in a bit of a pickle here, he said, (laughs) waving his hands around. We heard your town... We heard your town has sex zombies and their dicks explode, Demi said, half waking up for this part of the conversation. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, yes, Thimble said. <laughs> Rubbing his hands together nervously. Can you, like, fix it? He said with a smile. Phew, <laughs> Buffcat said affirmatively before Ugla could even answer. Excellent, yes, good, Thimble said, clapping his tiny hands. Ah, we'll need to see the patients, Ugla said firmly. Yes, of course, this way, Thimble's motion to the tavern. This over here is what we call the fuck house. <laughs> Ooh, let's go there. <laughs> it's where we keep all the infected and let them <coughs> let out their urges before they move on to the next stage of the illness. Thimble's led Ugla and Buffcat to the tavern door. <laughs> Demi and Squib followed behind. You too, Ugla said, turning around. Nah. You stay here. I'm not letting kids in see this fucked up shit. Aw, man, Demi said disappointedly. But I'm 57 years old, Squib said, lowering his head in shame. (laughs) The inside of the tavern smelled like the the inside of a sock hamper at an all-boys private school. (laughs) (laughs) Ugla reflexively raised her hand up to her nose to cover the stench. All around, corpses were just going the fuck at it, and it was not hot. The sloshing sound alone was enough to make Buff Cat Wretch and do that cat cough thing. <laughs> can, can you help them? Thimbles asked, hopefully. Ugla stood there, stunned at what she was seeing. Nothing in the whole world of Theranos could prepare even a wizard for this amount of meat slapping and moaning. <laughs> the moans of agony mixed together with the moans of pleasure in a short, sort of hellish wail song that not even your freaky-ass mama would use as white noise to get to sleep. And that bitch likes to do ear shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! My hog! My totally real giant hog is going to explode! <laughs> Ding! <laughs> One infected dude said as he stood up, fully buck nude. Ugla and Buffcat exited the tavern with thimbles quickly, as as quickly as they could, closing the wooden door, which did little to muffle the popping sound of the man's giant blood-engorged hog as it exploded against the wood and blood seeped from below the crack. <laughs> Damn, that's gross. <laughs> it is. This is a bad show. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I told you. I, re- I was really tired. 
<laughs> Where did these people get such a horrible disease? Ugly asked aloud. Well, most of these folks are farmers. Folks have been saying at night a curse rolls through and infects them. Either that or they're all fucking the same necromancer. <laughs> and she or he has a scorching case of the Bernie Wormies, Thimble said. <laughs> I'll need a lab, Ugla declared. And all the medical herbs and magical flames and coffee. Like a million cc's of coffee. <laughs> she grabbed her staff from the dirt and headed into another building without thinking. Uh, miss, that's the pre-cum tavern over there. <laughs> oh, for the love of fuck! Ugla shouted as she walked in. <laughs> Days passed as Ugla tried to every conceivable combination of formula she knew to every illness and disease ever seen in the realm. She rubbed sweat from her brow as she used alchemic precision to mix and distill tonics and potions. She even tried a lotion that, when jerked off with, the infected would absorb the remedy through their dick skin. All failed. Fuck this, she shouted. Buffcat woke from his mid-lunch three-hour power nap with a jolt. <laughs> without knowing without knowing what is causing this, I can't get close to curing these zombie, zombified fucking perverts. Frustrated, <laughs> she face-planted onto the table and groaned. Just then, outside, a clopping of a horse hooves grew louder and louder. Dick-shaped fruits here! Get your dick-shaped fruits! <laughs> a vendor called from his mobile food carriage. Can't have insatiable zombified sex with rehydrating with vitamins from a dick-shaped fruit! He busted on. I wouldn't be eating no. any of those fruits. I'm just you, saying, you would. I would not. You would. I would not. I would. <laughs> Without thinking, Agla shot up and opened the door to the outside as Demi followed. You, dick salesman, Agla shouted at the man. <laughs> I prefer penile peddler, the man corrected. Oh, never the word peddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where'd you get these? I got them at the farming consortium right down the road. I usually make it back to town every week, but this week I'm late. Had to take the wife to the doctor, you see. She had a bad <laughs> fever and... Shit, Demi said. Where's your wife now, Ugla shouted. Ah, she's staying at her mother's until she feels better. <laughs> no, no, Ugla cut him off. She's already dead. <laughs> the man stood stock still thinking about the bomb Ugla had just dropped into his entire life. Well... Oh, well, he said finally. <laughs> dick-shaped fruits. Get your dick-shaped fruits here. He went on bending. <laughs> wow, Demi said laughing. Guess he really was a dick salesman. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Ugla stormed back into her makeshift lab and shook Buffcat awake. He chirped as he woke up. BC, I need you to get... I need you to go check out this grove. Ugla held out a crudely drawn map she had just jotted down. This is where they're getting sick from. It has to be. Mew, mew. Buffcat shot up and grabbed his axe. Yeah, let's go, Demi said, cracking her knuckles. Not you, Ugla replied as she grabbed Demi's by the potato sack cloak. I'm not sending a child out in this whatever nightmare of a week we got ourselves going on around here with penis fruits and Humping zombies. Nah. <laughs> you can stay here and help me test these dick fruits for possible clues and cures. Pfft. No way, Demi said, wrenching her cloak away from the wizard. 
I'm not gonna sit here for another two days while you weirdly stick things in that dick-shaped fruit while Buff Kitty goes out there alone. You're not my mother, Demi shouted. <laughs> You're right. I'm not your mother, Ugla said sternly. But I am the only thing keeping you alive right now, kiddo. I brought you into this realm, and as soon as I could figure out how to open a time rift, I sure as hell send them, sending you out of it. Oh, uh, yeah, she's <laughs> definitely not her mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Demi sat open-mouthed in shock. Nice, she said. You know, I know why they call you Ugla now. You may be pretty on the outside, but what you just said was the ugliest thing anyone has ever said to me. Demi gave one final whip of her cloak and ran out the door. Hey, Puff Kitty, wait up, she shouted. Fuck, Ugla said, rubbing her temples again. <laughs> Squib, Squib, can you grab me the jar with the... Squib! Ugla looked around, but he too was gone and running after Demi and Buff Cat. Fuck, fuck, Ugla sighed. <laughs> mew, 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 Buff Cat whispered as both Demi and Squib ducked down. Night had fallen over the realm, and the tall wheat was perfect camo for Buff Cat's orange fur. <laughs> Not so much for Demi's dark hair and Squib's, well, Squib's disgustingly green everything. <laughs> <laughs> the wind blew through the wheat, and it rustled a calming whoosh. Demi breathed in heavily and thought about how much life there was here. She could feel the life in the earth. She could smell it, sweet and new and old and musty all at once. Mew, Buffcat pointed to the middle of the field. Demi and Squib squinted to see what his cat eyes could clearly see. Ahead, Demi could see a few stalks of wheat move, then a few more, and a few more. Whatever it was in the wheat field hiding just li- whatever it was in the wheat field it was hiding just like they were. Demi leaned in, willing her eyes to see what Buffcat could. Without th- thinking, she lost her balance and began to fall forward. Using his cat reflexes, Buffcat reached out and grabbed her. As he did, everything turned an electric green, as if Demi was seeing through new eyes. She could see every star from the clear sky. She could see every star in the sky clear as day. She could see every blade of wheat's rhythmic movement as if her instincts knew when and how to move through them. She turned into, she turned to look at Buffcat, whose eyes were widened even more, uh, whose eyes were widened even more at the sight of hers. What? What is? She began, but Buffcat shushed her. She squinted and tried to understand this new sight she had. Then she saw it. Two great tusks poking out of the wheat in front of her. <laughs> snarf, snarf. <laughs> it's great piggly <laughs> nose. Snarf, say snarf, snarf. It's great piggly nose sniffed and snotted all over Demi's face. That's, <laughs> that is when Squib let out the highest pitched girly scream ever heard in the realm. Cheese it, Demi said, <laughs> standing up, unsheathing her sword. Buff Cat was already up, however, and planted his axe squarely into the boar's skull. It let out a screech and died in horrible pain. <laughs> that was my fucking mount, you big pussy! A voice shouted from somewhere in the field. <laughs> Buff Cat looked around, but couldn't find the source of the insult. Oi! Down here, you big dumb ass licking twat! The voice said. <laughs> Buff Cat looked down to see a rat, but not just any rat. Oh, no. <laughs> a, a rat, rat with a, a lance... And military-style armor. <laughs> oh, look at you, little cutie little armor and lance, Demi said, trying to pick him up. As she did, he bit her. Get off me, you slag, he said, scurrying away. <laughs> Get him, boys! 
Suddenly, thousands of green glowing eyes sparkled up in the darkness within the field. Boar mounts, boar mounted rats swiftly ran through the field toward the party, making the feral hogs from Russia look like the feral hogs from Willow. <laughs> Kill her! The Rat King Ratzilov said, wearing a gold plated war mask complete with war whiskers. In his hand, he held a new gold-plated gun? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, not this guy again is a thing I actually wrote. <laughs> the rat swarmed as, uh, swarmed as Demi and Buffcat swatted rat after rat. Some rats were cut down while others were stomped on. It was like that one scene from Saving Private Ryan, but this wasn't D-Day. It was our day for rat. <laughs> this is wow. shows a masterpiece, actually. That's <laughs> my mind. One rat walked around aimlessly looking for his own arm. <laughs> While another tried to get cover. By now, Buffcat had had his taste for blood and was killing rats at levels not seen since the great rat frog wars. Mm. Keep spraying, boys, the rat king said as he waved his tiny arm. All around them, rats with what looked like little backpacks sprayed out an otherworldly green mist onto the crops. A thick green haze rose from the field, covering it in almost apocalyptic hue. Squib! Squib, we need to get those backpacks! Demi shouted, but Squib was already running for his life back to the village. Fuck you, this sucks! <laughs> as the Doppler effect warped his voice. <laughs> Run, little goblin, the Rat King cackled. Run back to your farm, boy. With that, something inside Squib snapped. Farm, boy, he said, stopping mid-stride. He gripped the dog tags at his chest and turned around as rage filled his tiny green body. <laughs> if his eyes were cannons... Farm boy is really having this <laughs> much of an impact on the store. <laughs> you can't believe it? Did you not remember Farm Boy? Never forget. I'm sure this guy, yeah, it's 9-11 to him. <laughs> or at least, if it, you know, it's Tuesday. <laughs> at least the first Iraq war. Thanks, veterans. <laughs> if his eyes were cannons, they'd have shot lasers white hot and face melting at the Rat King and become laser cannons, which are super cool. True. Demi brushed rats from her face and spat out as she, as she was sure some of them were farting on her or doing whatever gross things rats do. Buffcat was holding his own, but his axe and flail were not very effective against such small enemies. His cold steel claws ripping through them at an efficient pace, but there were just so many rats. Suddenly, in a blur, a green rage weasel shot into the field and started tearing up rats left and right. Squib, <laughs> Squib was on all fours, shaking rats to death like dogs do with their toys. One rat flew so high into the air, he did a Batman symbol against the Darinos moon. But instead of a Batman, he was the Ratman. And the song played really quick, and it was a really nice little reference. <laughs> When it was all over, the Rat King had fled. Daylight again began to peek over the horizon. Mew! Mew! Puffcat said out of breath. Squib was curled up in a ball around a whole platoon of dead rat soldiers snoring away. 
Grab all the little tank packs, backpacks you can, Demi commanded as she picked up the cute little packs filled with deadly fuck virus. <laughs> as they walked back to the village, Buffcat patted Demi on the head and gave her a chirp. Yeah, tell that to Ugly, she said snarkily. Oh, God. Oh, no. Mew, 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 Buffcat replied. Yeah, I don't know, but she doesn't want me here. And she doesn't want me to help, and she doesn't want me to help, so I don't know. Fuck her. Mew, 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 Buffcat elaborated. Mew, 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 mew. Well, I guess Demi said. Mew. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, Demi relented. He's so good at exposition. Yeah. As they re-entered the village, Ugla was already awake waiting for them. Demi and Buffcat tossed down a dozen or more little toxin backpack. Here's your cure, whatever, Demi said, looking away from Ugla. <laughs> Mew, Buffcat encouraged Demi as he gently nudged her forward. And, she went on, I'm sorry for running off to save the day, and I'm sorry for what I said to you. It was mean and not at all true or fair. Ugla just nodded and took a step t- forward. Demi braced for the reaming out. <laughs> Demi b- braced for a reaming out, but suddenly felt Ugla wrap her arms around and squeeze tightly. You're okay, is all Ugla said, almost in disbelief. Demi slowly raised her hand to hug back. The moment lasted just long enough for it to be broken up by Squid waking up from a night ter- terror and yelling, Fireboy! Fireboy! No! Fireboy! <laughs> they all laughed. Looks like I'm not the only one who needs therapy, Demi said snarkily. <laughs> the end. Wow. Did that end in freeze frame? Yep. <laughs> it all freeze framed except Squib, who was crying, <laughs> crying, like, painfully, shaking, crying. Ugh. man, like, what a bad story. That was a good story of heroes fighting against overwhelming odds and fart gas. It was and rats with guns. <laughs> this guy has really come up in the world. He's like he's the leader of the rats now. Yeah, he really leads all the rats. But what I'm are they still, up to? Still not gone. Well, do, do you notice he had like a face thing on? Yeah. Because he shot his face off, remember? Yeah. When he committed suicide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. So I had to like make him kind of look like uh, Enoch, right? In my head. <laughs> I was thinking, for some reason, like, I always think Legget Lanius from Fallout New Vegas. Mm. Who's that guy? If you look him up, he's cool as fuck. He well, he's he's not cool as fuck because he's one of the Caesar's Legion, which are like awful. But uh, he looks cool. Lanius. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up yeah, yourself yeah. at home. You have internet. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a visual medium. You do it. You do it. <laughs> no, but that fucking ruled. You were you had no reason to be worried about it. Yeah, I. I just like that. Uh, like. Obviously, I don't. I need some filler in here. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do next. We you all have filler. That's the whole point of it. I, Look, I know, my entire season is filler so far, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Fucking failure by design by brand new plays. <laughs> Except we can't get the rights to it, so you'll yeah, have just to just look that up look, too. Look you have that up on, yeah. Imagine on Spotify. It. Do your own research. <laughs> Do your own rat search. 
<laughs> also, I was sick this week, so you can tell that. But I think we've all had really bad weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that we got three stories out at all is probably a fucking wonder, right? It's amazing. And two really, of them. Yeah. Two it's a, a Mario so wonder. <laughs> I, I, that game what? is good. God damn, that game rolls. I'm not going to get into it. but no, no, we'll do that in the break. And speaking of... <laughs> that's a segue. That's a professional segue, boys. Uh, we'll be back soon. All I smoke is pressure. I just bought a Beretta. My girl a new sweater. I'm doing whatever, and plus you hating forever. I told her we can go shopping, baby. You buying whatever. Trap, trap house booming. That means that we never sleeping. We got that Gucci, that product that had him dope fees beating. We're back, gang. Uh, I hope you like third parts of things, because this is what this is. Uh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I lose all enthusiasm you know for intro in the third part. <laughs> I do love three parts of things. There you go. It's a tri- all Jokes? good things come in three. Star yeah. Wars? Triangles have three things? Uh, thruples? Thruples? <laughs> thruples? Hot, sexy thruples? <laughs> in your area? <laughs> <laughs> Needing to be dicked down tonight? Fuck! <laughs> Uh, Jeff, Good you're thing right. I got three dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the name of his story, by the way. Unless nah. it is. Oh, it could be. It, <laughs> it couldn't. Just delete your <laughs> title accidentally and rename it. Uh, did I get intro? Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Jeff is doing know. a story now. <laughs> cool. Uh, my story is, of course, called The Air Witch Prospect Part 2, a Frankenstein PI mystery. Yeah. From the case files of Adam Frankenstein, Private Investigator, New York, New York, Fall 1934, Entry 10. If you ain't read my previous entries, then this shit is going to be wildly confusing, just as a heads up. I'll try my damnedest to get you up to speed real quick, though. I got hired by a different stereotypically named Italian mob family than in the first story with the mummy. <laughs> to be a so far, we're clear. Yep, yep. To be a bodyguard during some kind of big hoopla deal with the Romanian mob. It turns out they were trafficking in some type of doomsday weapon called the hydrogen bomb, which the Romanians said could level a city. The Italians were creaming in their Versace silk underwear at the idea. <laughs> But a party city-ass spirit Halloween-ass witch busted in and hocus-pocused me into a semi-human wrecking ball. I pretty much fucked the whole place up while she escaped with the princess of Romania, who was also there for some reason. Look, I told you none of this shit was going to make sense if you didn't listen to last episode. I mean, read my last case file. Anyway... The head of the Romanian mob delegation, some guy named Uchenko, which uh, isn't a Romanian name even slightly, by the way. Whoever named him ought to do some fucking research once in a blue moon. (laughs) Hey, it fooled me, and that's all I care about. Maybe Uh, he only carries the Ukrainian on his mother's side. Yeah. Uh, Romanian. 
Uchenko <laughs> Oh yeah, whatever. Uchenko Look, I'll cover for you right here. What's the difference? <laughs> wow. Just a new war sprouting out from that. Uh, anyway, Uchenko kidnapped me and told me I either get Princess Swarova back from the witch and return her to him safely, or the King of Romania would have my head. Or he would attack America or something? He wasn't super specific. Either way, it seemed pretty bad for me, so when he cut me loose, I immediately went out to searching for where the witch could have taken her. Now, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to hear exactly how I Sherlock Holmes my way to finding out where she'd gone and how she was holed up, but I just spent like half a page explaining what happened last time on Dragon Ball Z to a bunch of rubberneckers <laughs> who ain't heard a word of my previous prose, so I got no room to recount it anymore. Just rest assured it was smart as fuck, and I was dashing and roguish the whole time, just like usual. Damn, it's like the garlic saga just happened and I didn't skip it. Man, this is a bad opening. Uh, well, anyway, within the allotted 24 hours I was given by Uchenko, I was standing next to a dirt road in the middle of nowhere upstate New York. I borrowed a car to get there, a shiny new DeSoto Airflow, from someone who I was hoping wouldn't miss it for long enough for me to return it again this time. <laughs> Not that I'd ever taken it before or anything, but maybe don't leave your cars in the glove box. Basic security measures or something. <laughs> Damn. I was staring across a wide, empty field of overgrown grass at a sprawling mansion laid out across it. It must have once been a harrowing display of wealth and opulence, but now it looked derelict, save for the telltale hazy green light that barely lit each window along its front fascia. By this point, thanks to all the hell and high water I had to go through to get here, which again, I will not be recounting, I was pretty pissed off. All things considered, I wasn't even getting paid anymore, and my life was on the line, so I figured I had good reason to be a little bit grumpy. He just likes being grumpy, dude. I marched my happy ass across the field, taking care not to step into any snake dens or big piles of caribou shit or whatever the fuck lived up here. <laughs> And close distance with the manor. <laughs> Pretty much the entire way, I was worried somebody was going to start popping off gunshots from a high window, or I was going to step on some kind of landmine and get blown back into pieces across the lawn, but nothing ever happened. <laughs> I made it to the front door in one piece, as much as could be said for me on any other given day, and completely hey. unharmed. <laughs> Now you know me, Mr. Manners. I thought about knocking on the door for a tick, but realized how fucking stupid that would be and just shoulder-rammed the entire thing off its hinges. The gigantic oak double doors flew inside the building and across the checkerboard laminate floor like frisbees, which probably haven't been invented yet. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> they were invented by Marty McFly at oh, the true, fucking dance. <laughs> Holy fucking cannoli, I shouted out to nobody in particular, shocked at the sight before me inside the manor. In the center of the dilapidated old foyer was a massive green translucent cocoon attached to the floor and ceiling oh, by what looked like pulsing living musculature. There was some kind of thick bubbling liquid inside of it, and it was giving off an incredible amount of emerald green light, lighting up the entire foyer brighter than the candelabra that hung uselessly overhead. And floating in the very center of this massive shape, looking entirely out of place and puny compared to her surroundings, was Princess Swarova of Romania, eyes closed and limbs hanging limply among the liquid. Uh-oh. Oh. She's getting turned. Oh, so you actually found me? 
a voice called out from the top of the old half-caved-in staircase at the back of the room. I looked up dumbfounded to see the witch standing there on the landing, smirking down back at me with black curved lips. You're smarter than you look. I'd seen this woman a dozen times easy in the past week, on billboards, posters, subway advertisements, lewd bathroom wall drawings, the works. <laughs> she was known all over New York City for her myriad roles on Broadway, but now it turned out she was like a real-life fucking witch. <laughs> Ursula Redgrave, the queen of the stage, stood atop the flight of stairs, holding a glass of wine in one hand and a cigarette holder alight at its end with a hand-rolled stogie in the other. Oh, I missed the 30s. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to mention in my preamble that the witch was the Broadway actress Ursula Redgrave, didn't I? Maybe I ought to leave recaps to the professionals. I feel like I did a real bad job. My bad. <laughs> you only messed up when you didn't go previously on Frankenstein. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Jeff didn't mess up. Yeah, Frankenstein. Did. Frankenstein. Yeah, I'm, talking Fra I'm talking to Frankenstein. Oh, okay, yeah, that's well, what I'm well, talking to. Okay, yeah, good, good. she's Ursula Redgrave. That's real important to the story, so don't forget it. <laughs> Look, I'm not here to blow your brains out of nothing. I'm here to retrieve the princess for the Romanians and be on my merry little way. I called up to her, shoving my hands into my overcoat pockets. I went home and changed after I got released, but that seemed less important to the story. I'm only including it so I don't get a gotcha message on Discord. Uh, or on Telegram, I mean. By Telegram. Fuck. You're killing it, Frankenstein. Aw, isn't that sweet? I'm afraid you'll have to return to your employer's empty-handed creature. I have plans for the little girl. Every witch needs an apprentice, after all. Redgrave smiled a rueful smile, bringing a wine oh, no, glass. Oh, she's up. a hag! <laughs> bringing a wine glass up and sipping from it absently. Why don't you be a lamb and tell me how you found me? Nah, 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 nah. I'm not here to exposition dump to make up for bad writing. I told you why I'm here, and I intend <laughs> to see it through. Now hand over the girl before I have to get rough with you. I dumped my hand beneath the lapel of my overcoat and came out with my 357 Magnum, leveling at her. She didn't have to know I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on a good day, after all. <laughs> the 357? Jesus, dude. It's the only gun big enough for his hand. Yeah, he shouldn't <laughs> miss, because, like, I don't know, bullets. <laughs> he's, a, he's a terrible shot. That's Kane. Cute. One eye is, like, my eye. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> cute. But that bullet won't reach me. You already saw that once today. She left a loud, haughty laugh and set her glass down on the banister in front of her. She waved a hand at me like shooing a pest. But do go ahead. You haven't a prayer of harming my plans either way. I paused a moment, looked at her with the kind of expression that read, Bitch, are you for real? <laughs> then turned the barrel of my gun toward the gigantic green pod in the yeah. middle of the foyer, housing the seemingly lifeless body of a princess. <laughs> I barely registered Redgrave screaming out no before I squeezed the trigger. The bullet pierced clean through the outer shell of the form and popped it like an overfilled water balloon, sending the contents spilling out across the room at my feet like a deluge from a waterfall. I managed to keep my balance, but couldn't scoop the princess out of the sludge fast enough as she slid past me in the current. Ew. You dumb fucking ape! Redgrave screamed out, slapping a glass of wine out of a way with one hand, then vaulting over the banister above me. She sailed through the air as if on a current of wind, her hand outstretched toward me as she came. 
Her speed was insane, but it was pretty much exactly when somebody throws a ball at you and you ain't paying attention, so you just slap it out of the air <laughs> on instinct alone. I threw a wild haymaker that connected with the side of a head and sent a sprawling out across the floor amidst all the ooze. I gotta admit, I paused for a second to admire my natural athleticism. <laughs> this is where he goes wrong every time. Fuck! She screamed, <laughs> face down in the green liquid, but then immediately began to laugh deep within her chest. She placed her hands on the floor and pushed herself up out of the ooze, cackling as loud and clear as she could. The blow to her face had seemingly broken away whatever had passed as her actual skin, revealing beneath it green, sinewy masses of pulsing flesh and muscle that barely resembled the human's features. Textbook mm. hag. <laughs> You're still missing the point, creature! I must feed on her youth to keep mine, but she's not even the important part! You're so goddamn stupid! Wow, hush. <laughs> The liquid had drained out of the room for the most part, though through the open door and under the door jams around the foyer, and had left only a couple inches of standing wetness, which was your mom's nickname in high school, by the way. Standing wetness. Standing wetness. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I took my opportunity to rush over to the princess and turn her over so she didn't drown face down. Yo, you okay, uh, your, your majesty? <laughs> The little girl coughed up some green liquid and hazily opened her eyes, her voice strained and small when she finally whispered, The, the crown. Get the, the crown. <laughs> this, uh... I looked back at Redgrave, who was back in her feet and stomping across the room in a fit of rage directly toward us. Uh, this ain't really the time for jewelry, princess. <laughs> yeah. The, the formula. The crown has it etched inside she managed to choke out before her head turned sideways and limp unconscious the formula for what i called to her <laughs> shaking her body but she didn't really move also use fucking paper you weirdo <laughs> yeah <laughs> the witch's hand sank into the flesh of my head her touch burning against my skin and causing me to let out a pained yelp at the sudden intrusion her, this broad was stronger than she looked, man. I can't lie. She drugged me across the floor and heaved me at the far wall like she was playing discus. I hit hard and felt some of my mismatched ribs snap inside of me even as the wall gave out and I fell through it, rolling across the wooden floor of some kind of storage room on the other side. For fuck's sakes, I muttered, <laughs> pushing myself back up to my feet as best I could. The witch cackled from the other room, and I could barely see what she was doing through the hole in the wall my body had left, Wily Coyote style. <laughs> the liquid on the ground swirled and created some kind of strange maelstrom in the air above her head as she moved her arms as if she was conducting it. I decided, not unlike every other time I'm in some kind of physical danger, that a direct assault head-on was my best bet. <laughs> no one had ever mislabeled me a master strategist. <laughs> I ran as fast as my old legs could take me across the wood floor, leapt and tucked in as tightly as I could to pass through the hole in the wall I'd left in my wake and landed on the other side. Pretty fucking sick, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it did lead directly to her throwing her hand out at me in the air and freezing me in place somehow. She what? dragged me through the solid air without even touching me and just tossed me like an old fucking sock in a hamper directly into the middle of the weird maelstrom she had been fomenting in the air above her. Turns out it was some kind of portal, 
like a rift in space if I got to get specific with the prompt. Ding, ding. <laughs> and I found myself outside again, except this time falling straight down towards the ground. Blam! I hit like a ton of bricks, sending mud, dirt, and debris flying in every direction. The mud was cold as hell, so it felt like diving dick first directly into the Arctic Ocean again. Which didn't dredge up the best of family memories, if you catch my drift. Or the best of dick memories. Still, when I dislodged my head from the earthen ass it had been shoved up, I found myself half-buried in a goddamn pig pen, surrounded by terrified hogs staring at me with their big empty marble eyes. Idiots. Fuck off, Wilbur! I screamed out, waving my hands, waving my hands and warning to keep them at bay. Something about the situation seemed extra terrifying and familiar in a way that tells me at least one of my body parts survived the hog feeding, which chilled me right to the goddamn bone. Ugh. With a little elbow grease, I dislodged myself from my predicament and clambered over the old wooden fence keeping the hogs in. I looked around to try and find my exact placing and could barely see just over a thicket of old dead trees who had long shed their last leaves of fall the dilapidated old mansion I'd been teleported away from. Must have been some kind of limit on how far she could send me. Pretty convenient for the story, I gotta say. (laughs) This whole embarrassing debacle did give me an idea, though, and I had plenty of time to think about it on the long, long, pathetically long walk back across the fields toward the old mansion. (laughs) When I was fairly close, every single window left even slightly intact in the old mansion suddenly exploded outward, raining glass down on the overgrown yard on every side of the property. Fucking, of course, I grumbled to myself and took (laughs) off running on my aching old knees again. If you think your late 30s, early 40s is a bed on your knees, imagine running on knees dug up out of a fucking grave that lived a whole life, composed a l- decomposed a little bit, and have been in your body for hundreds of years afterwards. There ain't no amount of Ben Gay in existence to make that tolerable, and here I was what, doing it for the second time today. That's what 40 is, man. By the time I'd run back through the front door, the entire situation had changed, and I couldn't tell if it was for the better or not. And knowing my luck, I was betting on very not. (laughs) Ursula Redgrave was floating in midair in the center of the foyer, her hands outstretched and wind flowing around her like she was in the eye of a tornado. Invisible stripes of force firing out of her body in wide curves struck against the walls of the house and shook them, sending every old knick-knack, loose board, painting, etc. flying away and exploding upon impact. Her raven black hair was snaking through the air like Medusa herself, who I really hope isn't also real, cause fuck me, that would suck so much ass to fist fight. Damn, I love Medusa. <laughs> Even more surprisingly, directly adjacent from her, in pretty much the exact same pose, was Princess Swarova? She was floating in midair, her hands outstretched as well, sending wave after wave of force out of her body as she glared with glowing green eyes at her kidnapper. They both seemed to be exerting force through a small amount of space between them, playing tug-of-war with a small, glinting gold object in the air. The princess's crown. Alright, uh, I think I'm gonna head out, I think. I'm <laughs> taking a few steps back towards the door. <laughs> Please, mister, 
Swarova called out, not turning her head away from the violent stare-down she was having with Redgrave in midair. Please get the crown. Stop her. She's after the formula, not me. Be gone, creature! Redgrave screamed, a blade of wind peeling off of her and slamming into my chest like a ten-ton truck crashing. I was sprawled out on the ground, holding my fucking boo-boo like a baby back bitch before I could even <laughs> register what was happening. I want my baby back, baby back. <laughs> I tried to roll back to my feet, but the power Redgrave was exuding was pinning me down to the ground like they had just decided fuck it and left the truck on top of my corpse. <laughs> I leveled the gun as best I could, given all the wind and pressure building up in the room, but try as I might, I couldn't get a bead on Redgrave. I was a lousy shot in the best of circumstances, and I wasn't keen on filling the princess of Romania full of bullet holes before I returned her back home to dear old King Dad. <laughs> Thankfully, I had thought ahead. I reached my arm out as best I could from the front door behind me. It was a stretch, but after a few seconds of straining, I finally managed to lay my hand on it. The farmer's pitchfork from the hog farm down the road. <laughs> I tried to line up the shot as best I could, mostly prone, knowing I'd have strength to spare if I ever had anything. I drew my arm back against the oncoming pressure and wind, and then heaved it forward, letting my grip go just in time to see it sail through the air like a missile. And then it pierced directly through Ursula Redgrave's midsection, sproying in back and forth from the sudden stop inside her guts, like when Daffy Duck hits that wooden staff on the ground, and then it hits his beak and makes it vibrate in Robin Hood yep. Daffy. Yep. What? That's the only comparison I can think of. It works. It's literature. <laughs> Descriptive as fuck. <laughs> the famous actress slash fucking witch screamed out, her voice echoing and hollow on the winds. She didn't get another chance to speak as the pressure and force flying off Swarova pressed inward on her and created a maelstrom of their own. I've never seen anything like this before, so I'll try my best to describe it, but like, god damn, man. <laughs> her body was sucked into the eye of the maelstrom like a boba pearl gets sucked through a straw in a tea. <laughs> Her body, folded so up. Ahead of his Her body folded up on itself like a fucking TV dinner tray after The Simpsons was over. <laughs> what the fuck? She got origamied up inside of that shit like some we that weird flappy fortune teller paper thing girls made back in grade school to figure out which a boy they was going to end up with. It's called it a cootie catcher. It was fucking wild. <laughs> and then she was gone, swallowed up by the rift entirely. The winds were gone and Princess Swarova slowly lowered back to the ground on her own two feet. After a second or two passed, the crown, which still floated above, fell straight down onto the floor with a metallic clatter. Thank you, mister. The little girl said with a dim smile, her harsh personality and monarchist upbringing not allowing her to feel <laughs> happiness or have a personality, uh, yeah. but apparently inbreeding. being a witch is okay. Also inbreeding. <laughs> Yeah, all right, uh, all right, let me, uh, let me think. I wobbled up to my feet, holding my head as the pain behind my eyes began to set in. Sometimes thinking using a dry old criminal's brain was rough. <laughs> Give me a break. I stood there for a moment as the fucking lawnmowers in my neighborhood fucking rattled to life because I'm recording. <laughs> Damn, this is, like, so fucking, like, four-dimensional. <laughs> I stood there for a moment as the little girl looked up at me stoically. 
the crown has the formula etched into it for the, uh, uh, the, the hydrogen bomb that Uchenko was talking about? Yes, she turned, she turned and made a walk, began walking towards the crown. I pulled my best Johnny Unitas and outran her across the room, though, <laughs> snatching the crown up in my hands before she could even lay a finger <laughs> on it. That is mine, she forcefully said, mostly in a flat tone. Yo, little lady, if this shit can level a city, then... I placed my hands on either side of the crown and pressed inwards. Like I said, if I ever had anything, it's the strength to do this kind of shit. It crushed into brittle dust and shards almost instantly. Problem solved. Princess Warova stared, mouth agape for a few moments, then shook her head. Okay, if that is the way you wish to play it. My father did not wish for that machine to ever be built anyway. But Uchinko did? I finally remembered I was supposed to be a detective and said. <laughs> <laughs> and Redgrave, she, correct, she corrected, smiling only slightly. She had a high-profile buyer in Germany waiting for this formula. Oh, Jesus. I'm sure he won't be happy with her. Well, does his name rhyme with Schmittler? <laughs> Wait, she survived the fucking fold-and-dry laundry service you just put her through over there? <laughs> Unfortunately. But she's far away where she cannot reach either of us now. You needn't worry. What about you? You're a witch, too? How in the fuck is that a thing? I feel like I came into a play right after second intermission, and for once it ain't my writing that's causing the problem. <laughs> I rubbed at my head, the pain behind my eyes getting worse with every thought. You needn't concern yourself with any of this. Uchinko will kill you if you do not return me to him within 24 hours, correct? We should get going. Swarova said with a sly grin, walking towards the front door ahead of me. My headache was in full swing by then, so I didn't argue. <laughs> Honestly, the entire ordeal had left me with the hollow sense that it was probably for the best that I didn't know any better. <laughs> I returned Swarova to Uchenko, who was his usual pleasant self about the entire ordeal. He let me know in no uncertain terms that I'd made an enemy of the entire Romanian mob. I chalked that one up alongside the entirety of the vampires on the planet, huge swaths of the Italian mob, an all-powerful mummy, and my ex-wife, and moved on. Am I right? And any people when who make calendars. Because <laughs> this guy doesn't know where he is. <laughs> Princess Swarova assured me that her father would be thankful for my assistance, as well as for taking care of that little bomb problem for him in a way that left his hands clean. I didn't bother to ask any follow-up questions for my own health and safety, but also I just wanted this to be fucking done. <laughs> By the time I got back to my office, it was closing time already. So I unlocked the front door just to step inside and close business. The office was looking dusty and near foreclosed as always, but it felt like a beautiful little slice of home after the day I'd had. <laughs> I walked through the front office, where a receptionist is supposed to be working, but I never bothered to hire one, into my personal office and flicked the lamp on by the door. The walk across the room to collapse in a heap on the couch in the corner felt like a lifetime, but I made it, and the squeaking of the metal beneath the cushions felt like a welcome home from a loving family member. Close as I ever got anyway. <laughs> but the moment my back hit the seat, the phone on my desk started blaring. Par for the course, I guess. I considered letting it ring, 
but the memory of not getting paid for the last two days' work burned at the edges of my brain enough to light the fire under my ass. <laughs> I hauled my girth up, just like your mom did up her ass last night, and headed over <laughs> to the <laughs> God damn, why every time I record? Damn, it hasn't been un- doing it until you started reading. It was so great. That's unbelievable. Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> that's so... It w- <laughs> It's like, at this point, man, I think people think you have, like, a soundboard or something. Yeah, I bet they do. <laughs> yeah, what is it now? I, I snarled into the receiver as I picked the line up. Is that any way to speak to someone <gasps> for whom you are so indebted, Mr. Frankenstein? Oh, shit. A familiar voice filled me with dread I hadn't felt for a few weeks' time pretty instantly. What's the haps, Dracula? Eaten any new and interesting people recently? <laughs> I, sp- I spat back in response in my normal, friendly, bantery way. <laughs> I'm calling to thank you, actually. He soldiered on despite my buffoonery. You've done me a favor, though you don't really know it. You're right. If I'd have known, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> Not half as clever as you think you are, Mr. Frankenstein. Still... I owe you thanks for returning Princess Swarova to her father alive. (laughs) What? What do you care about some debutante making it back across the ocean to her fat cat father's throne side? You do less research than the writer of Spooky Vision, Mr. Frankenstein. (laughs) Damn. Everyone is fucking time disoriented. (laughs) I always care about the safe return of family. Uh-oh. He chuckled oh, to himself. Shit. Romania, of course. I really should have put two and two together on that one. <laughs> Would have been a little racist, though. I slapped my <laughs> hand over my face and drug it down off my chin in frustration. You old bats love to hang out in Transylvania and shit out offspring. Hang out. <laughs> Quite. Either way, consider this the first step on a long, long road to make it back into my good graces, detective. You will be doing favors for me without realizing it for as long as you live. Trust me, I know the exact date you die by heart. I can hear the bloodthirsty grin spreading across his acrid features even through the phone line. (laughs) How's Eve doing, by the way? She come around on me yet? I can do the whole flowers and candy thing if that's what it's going to (laughs) take. Uh, what? He replied in such a way that let me know I'd wipe the smugness off of his face completely, which made me smile instead. Yeah, Eve still works for you, right? I'm thinking of seeing if the old Erecta set still works with her if you catch my drift. I haven't cranked that bad boy up to speed in a long time, I'm not ashamed to say. Click. The line went dead. I laughed for the first time in a long time, set the receiver back on the hook and the phone back on my desk, and promptly fell the fuck to sleep for about two days. The moral of the story? Fuck, I don't know. Uh, be careful what jobs you take, because you might end up accidentally working for Dracula? Uh, That's what I always say. <laughs> don't as- underestimate young people. They might also be witches and be able to help you defeat a different witch. It's not that one. As always, maybe the moral of the story is to get paid up front. The end. (laughs) Oh, my God, Frankenstein. 
I love you, Frankenstein. Uh, apologies <laughs> so to the good. audience for the fucking ambience happening in the background during the last bit of that story. Next it week, sounds... Frankie's fights killer bees. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's, it's like a diegetic, just like horror, like <laughs> going on. It, it used to be Wednesdays, but I guess they heard that I record on Tuesdays now, yeah. so they do it every fucking Tuesday now. Yeah. Man, what did you do in a past life to a lawn care guy? <laughs> I don't know. I hate it so much. Every time it happens, I feel so <laughs> shitty. So it's just, if it bothers so you funny. as a listener, it's trust so me, funny. it does not bother me any. Doesn't bother you anywhere near as much as it bothers me. I yeah. feel the same way when fucking Dom Toretto tears his fucking Mustang ass down the street here. Dom like, Toretto pulled fucking like tears down the street for about a second and a half. These guys go yeah, for the it, entirety of my fucking store. But it's like the dude, like these dudes with these cars, like I get it, man. I was like a kid and I did stupid mm-hmm. shit, but it's like, is this your first time driving this car? Like every fucking time you go by here, I you gotta do this shit? I don't feel bad about anything. You get what you deserve. Listeners. Fuck, it makes me so mad. I want to open the window and scream fuck you at the top of my lungs. I so know. Bad. I know. I, Dude, I know. I'm with you. Anyway, let's end the show so I can stop <laughs> feeling this way. Okay. Uh, that was a great story. I really enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. It was amazing. And I'm glad Dracula's back. I'm not. Well, I'm glad. He needs a nemesis. He needs a... I... He needs a he needs a, someone to fight, right? He needs a Medusa to suck on that <laughs> dick. You know? Um, Won't it so. completely confuse the timeline if I introduce a Medusa in the next few why? stories? Like, why, when, why is, when is he writing know. these that he knows why modern Med- shit? Why does Medusa need to be ancient? She yeah. can be around. No, 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 fools. The fact that he mentions that he doesn't, that he hopes that Medusas aren't real in the in the voiceover, which is yeah. supposed to be written <laughs> later, because that's why he knows all this future shit. Well, the story you write later will happen later. How much later we talking? That's up to the writer, dude. Yeah. I don't know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you can bat any chronological uh, mishap yeah. or anachronism away by the fact that this guy is made up of dead parts of other people. Well, the, the funny thing is, like, for the longest time, I don't know if anybody ever picked up on it, because I do a lot of shit that I, I'm like, uh, no one will ever notice this. But, like... <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> the uh, All of the anachronisms that Frankenstein has ever mentioned have been in voiceovers, never yeah. in the actual dialogue. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I yeah. did break that yeah. rule by having Dracula mention Spooky Vision, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a Dracula, so who knows what he knows? Yeah. Frankenstein was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Ancient knowledge. Yeah. Perhaps he's not yeah. talking about the spooky vision of now. Perhaps he's talking about That's the spooky true. vision Maybe of it's then. a radio show of the time. Maybe a Medusa told him about a spooky vision. <laughs> That's true. Medusa they is did. our biggest patron. So. Yeah. They did at the Acropolis or some shit. She, I don't know. she pays per snake. So oh, true. Every snake has to be a patron. <laughs> More snake number for one. Everyone. The uh, thank you set. The um, <laughs> the the funny thing is, I am going to run out of regular like Halloween monsters uh, pretty soon, so I'm gonna have to start dipping into other types of monsters. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can you can have Freddy and Jason and all those sorts of people. Well, it I'm would not make doing it that. super funny. But you could you could have them, and it I would could be have really funny. Of them. Yeah. Well, I yeah, guess we do a Freddy lot of Jason, copy- and It's like. Benny and 
Basin. Basin. <laughs> we do a lot of copyright infringement in our stories, yeah. so I guess I could just have them appear. It doesn't matter. I've I never copyright infringed anything. I no. had a uh, Alex. You didn't Jones. mention Saving Private Ryan like, specifically <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I, I had remember that. I had an Alex Jones joke and I took it out because I was like, if there's anyone who's gonna be litigious enough to sue <laughs> Story Lords, it's someone like Alex well, Jones. Well he owes right? one one point one billion yeah. dollars yeah. and he, he, he doesn't have money. A, he doesn't have a really good track record with suing people in yeah, winning cases. Like, so no, maybe we true. want him to sue us. Maybe. Yeah, he's not maybe. on a winning streak. Um Right. Shall we bring out the all sea ball of uh, whatever we call it? Prompt. Prompt all sea ball. The prompt sea ball. Prompt sea ball. <laughs> wow. It's got the energy today. Uh, yeah, the first it's ready. prompt is. Serpents by David H. Ooh. Oh no! Here's your Medusa! <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> This is like that. Well, this is the reverse of that week where you got dinosaurs yeah. after you put a dinosaur in your story. Yeah, that that, that happens to me quite a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, and the second prompt is wow. Oh, uh, cards by Thomas cards. Martin. Cards. Like and that would have been a good a opportunity to do like a Casino Royale thing with Frankenstein, mm. but I've yeah. just done two in a row, so I probably won't. The whole world just is Frankenstein now. Who cares? <laughs> um, it's the only thing... Well, no, I do have an ongoing story happening with uh, Ryo Tachibana I need to get mm-hmm. back to, but there. besides that, the only ongoing story I have is Frankenstein right now. So He's always ongoing. Always ongoing. Uh, He's always ongoing on these crazy detective adventures. That's true, that's true. (laughs) Um, Right, with that, we're going to close the cover on today's stories. Uh, We'd like to, first off, thank Vidison for the use of his music for our show. Uh, You can find out everything about Vidison, everything, every single thing. He's got his mum's maiden name, his favourite pet, his favourite pet. Uh, what every- that dick do? <laughs> Everything you need to get into his bank account is on vidison.card.co. That's a s- I feel like we might R. be misrepresenting this a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's I need got- to text that guy and see how he's doing. Yeah, I haven't spoken oh, to him man. for a few weeks. Um, so, uh, if you, you the listener, thought, oh, those prompts sound sound great, or they sound trash, and we we could suggest better ones right now well then head on over to patreon.com slash storylords and for as little as five dollars a month you can suggest prompts yeah you that's what i mean you the guy who's gonna go or the girl who's gonna or the person who's non-binary go over Mm -hmm. to patreon.com and go and become a patron now and you can you can have our forever gratitude you and will be better than non-patrons as yeah. a person, more as a human, human being. Yeah. yeah, more human than human. Yeah, you're. You would be uh, a serpent and not a hog. <laughs> is, this, yeah. is this like gangs we're setting up here? Like, Serpents and hogs. I don't know the scale here. Tunnel snakes um, rule. Yeah, tunnel snakes rule. <laughs> Along with That's that, us. 
along with that, uh, you can join our super cool Discord, read our stories, um, and that, that's it really. For $10, you get access to Redesigned by Committee. We recorded a new episode last week, and I think it was probably our best one. It, it was, was great. Su- it was we made really like, good. the greatest game that would cost a billion dollars ever made for the it Ninja It was Dales. super good. It was sorry, super not good. sorry. It's going to cost three hundred dollars per game. Um, but yeah, you can <laughs> it'll be worth those. it. We've done about done four or five of those so far. Oh, like, yeah, I think four. we've done. Four. I think we've done four. Four. We'll do another one soon. Um, yeah, where we—that's the podcast side podcast where we do redesign an existing IP for your pleasure. Um, or your hatred. We'll find out, I guess. Um, could be a movie series, or a TV, television series, or a video game, or I'm not gonna, I was going to say book. We're never going to fucking do a book. Um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! We could do Dune. <laughs> That's true. We could. They already Dune. did that. It's called Star Wars. True. That's true. That's true. Uh, for twenty dollars, for the big monies. You get all that and big prizes too. Uh, you get the PDF <laughs> of our upcoming book and create a credit in the book itself. Why yeah. wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you? Like, also, would make, I, I don't, really, I don't regardless of what you're getting at the end of the day, Patreon is a service where you can put your money where your fucking mouth is and you can <laughs> support us and keep us on the air. Like, uh, we're like fucking PBS, baby. We're supported by pledges from viewers like you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah we can only so, do this with uh your support effectively it's a lot yeah. a lot of work that yeah. we put into this show like I, we're yeah. we're writing like uh six to twelve page stories for every episode yeah it takes uh, at least a couple hours like three hours i would say oh man for you me you don't have anyway. to tell them the exact amount of well, <laughs> well it's not just <laughs> i mean it's a long time to write a story dude like Six pages? It takes two full weeks for me to write my story. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, yes. I mean, I do have to come up with it before I write it. I'm not going to lie. It takes me a lot longer than three hours. Uh, This one in particular, I I did in a day, but I had to not do any work really at work today to justify that. Yeah. Well, Um, Rich is writing like a real thing. Rich is like good at this, so yeah. We're all good at it. Shut up! I won't have this anymore on this podcast. Uh, We're lords. Too bad. That's what the podcast is going to be forever. I won't won't have this anymore on my podcast. Um, We're lords, not uh, the opposite of lords. Whatever. Peasants. Peasants. Yeah. Serfs. Um, Serfs. But genuinely. A Patreon support is the price of a cup of coffee a month. That's how you have to feel about it. Like, it's not that that much. If you can support us, please do. It does help out. And you do get, you do get, like, what is it? Six stories a month. That's a lot. Crazy. That's a lot, dude. It's more than George R.R. Martin has done in a decade. So, uh, yeah. If you uh, add up all the pages of our first series, it would be longer than some yeah, volumes of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And we and wrote that in a year. Yeah. And more dicks and titties and fucking... Absolutely. We, we, let's do some mathematics here. Let's see we average 10 pages an episode. That's 30 pages an episode, right? Yep. 
all together. Yep. And yep. we did two. We did twenty-one episodes. Uh, no, we did twenty-six. Times twenty-six. It's seven hundred and eighty yep. fucking pages we made for you guys. Told you. That's, That's a like, lot of pages. It's like war and peace, man. Yep. It's, it's, it's almost truck driving one past part, my house. It's <laughs> almost one part of One Piece that we made for you. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, and and literally all we're asking for is the price of a cup of coffee a month. So it'd be good Look, if you could support we're, us. We're done begging. Yeah. Now we're taking. <laughs> Give it. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. I can't think of anything else we have to do. Uh, do you guys want to uh, promote any shows that you've got going on or any stuff? Yeah, I'll, I'll be at the Rio time. Grande in Tennessee <laughs> for three nights uh, next week. Tip your waitresses. <laughs> the Rio Grande in Tennessee. Wouldn't it be fucking sick though if at the end of the episode I could be like, yeah, I'm gonna be at this comedy club, like come out and see me on these days. I need to actually fucking uh, stop you being a little lie. bitch and doing, <laughs> start doing stand up comedy. You could just lie. Uh, <laughs> head over to the Patreon, Patreon.com/storylords. Give money if you would like me to do stand up comedy in your area. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Just gotta do it, and man, you're braver than I. I would. I'm ter- terrified of that. Well, I've always had this this plan that will never happen, where mm-hmm. you and I do uh, a sh- do com- stand up comedy together. We could do it. Uh, I know, we would I know have I'm, to. Be I know I'm also proactive. here. <laughs> well, yeah, Rich, if you can hop no, a plane, you can, fu- you you can, can be in the off. show too. I'm not gonna be no, in. here's how we do it. We go to England where they don't laugh at any jokes. I'll you tell. do my own thing. Cooking. And there then you go. it'll be like training in a hundred times British gravity. Because if you can make a British person laugh, trust me, I, I've experienced this. It's tough. Well, so, what we need to do is have like a CRT TV sitting on a chair <laughs> with like satellite uplink for Riz. Oh, like, man. And it's all delayed like in like Iraq videos from the 90s. That would be where really funny. Like we're doing we're doing like bits and he's a full like 10 seconds late. He's on like, every yeah, day. three seconds behind us. And, and he's like, yeah. And we're like already like, what the fuck? Um, no, Comedy I would like to. I would like to shill uh, for Toon Hounds. Hey. Yeah. It's a podcast starring two fucking limey shitters, and they uh, they watch cartoons and have discussions about them. They know behind the scenes info. It's a great show. We did. Yeah, they watched uh, some. What did you Hulk watch? Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and so if uh, you're a big Mucha fucking Lucha. rock, if you're a big fucking rock and wrestling head, then do I have the podcast for you? We're always Somebody culturally right relevant. <laughs> Somebody out there right now is like, oh my god, they're speaking directly at me. And we are Mark. We are. <laughs> yeah, Mark. <laughs> His name's totally Mark. Uh, yeah, Macho Mark Savage. <laughs> oh yeah, Mark I, brother. I, uh, oh yeah, it's me, Mark, baby. I can't do the voice anymore. My throat's no, gone. Your throat's great. gone. Your throat's gone. My throat is ruined. Uh, yeah, also, I mean, I'm sure... Most of the people listening to this also know M Class podcast that Josh mm-hmm. and I do a Star Trek podcast together. Check mm-hmm. that out. We, we did. Rich was on the last episode. I was. Which is coming out tomorrow, our time, but a week ago, your time. 
Yeah, and his audio didn't even delete. <laughs> one in a row. Yay! It's, it's been one podcast since Rich deleted his audio. Yeah, I've, I should get a counter on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's two now. Oh, I shouldn't have jinxed that really. Well, we're not you there yet, buddy. I can't believe you've done this. I you don't believe in... I make my own it. luck. You well, should why make you delete your video. What you should do is make your own audio file. <laughs> Look, I have shown you what I'm dealing with. It, for I some know. reason, is not working properly. You're dealing with a Mac. Is what you're oh, I know what with. I want to pitch. Uh, buy a PC, everyone. <laughs> Dude, get a Dell. Exactly. A Dell. <laughs> get a Dell. Okay. She's, she's, she's really good at tech support. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, on yeah, that note, which is probably the worst joke we've made in the podcast so far. Um, mm, doubt we it. go out on a winner? Oh, doubt okay. it. Uh, we're going to say bye. We will see you in two weeks. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show. We love uh, or and or respect you. Uh, and we will see you then. Bye. Goodbye. I don't, I don't love anybody. <laughs> <laughs>